Welcome to Wisdom Plug Podcast with your host, Yemi Davids. The wiser you are, the better you live. Um, but I want to encourage the fathers um, in this service, and I think everybody will be able to pick up lessons. I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to give us insight and understanding in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Okay, um, I have some kind of slides. I'll, I'll, I'll share a bit in this service and then I'll share more in the next service. Um, the place of a man is so critical in every generation. I want everybody to listen. Don't be chatting except you are using your phone to type what you are learning. You can chat and call all day after service. So let's not miss out on why we are here. Uh, especially the men, because sometimes it's hard to reach men uh, just because of our ego and our experiences in life. Uh, the place of men in every generation is so critical. I, I believe that every generation is framed by the men predominantly by the men. If you don't shape the men, you can't shape a generation. And the reason is simple. Most CEOs are men. Like how many percentage of CEOs are men globally? In contrast to women, I think it's 90%. 80 or 90? I think it's 90 how many, see, how many CEOs are here or top managers that are men? Just wave your hands. You're a manager. You own your company. Uh, wave it properly. Don't be doing it as a humility. Something. You own your company. Wave it now. What to celebrate? Uh, how many ladies are CEOs here or top managers? See now. Thank you. So most men are CEOs. Uh, most CEOs are men. Uh, most presidents are men, isn't it? How many percentage is that one? 99. How many female presidents do we have globally now, presently? Uh, how many? That you cannot even remember shows how it is. We just had a male that ruled Nigeria for the last eight years. Amen. A male. So most CEOs that run companies are men. Most presidents are men. And we want to agree that most leaders are men. Then how many percentage of fathers are men? Globally, because all kinds of things are happening now. So how many percentage? At least in the Christian world, it's supposed to be 100 percent, isn't it? So you look at the family, you look at business and career, you look at nations. So the enemy does not like the men. And I wish every man understand that on time. Because when that precedent goes down, the nation goes down. We, had a, we, don't, we didn't have too much of a good experience in Nigeria in the last eight years. And believe me, if we want to be factual, it's a leadership problem. 
men make decisions on behalf of the family. Men make decisions on behalf of corporations or business entities. And I think every man here, whether you are a father or potential father, should realize your place and be part of the light bearers, not adding to the problems we have already on ground. Mark 14, 27. Mark 14, 27. So every man should continue to build their leadership potential. Every man. I, I was in a meeting yesterday uh, in Kega talking to men, fathers mainly. We had a Father's Day celebration. And I said to them, when I look at our, my children at home, most of the time there is this awe and solemn, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just solemn because I, 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 decisions made by parents can alter the life of the children for more than 40 years. There's a way your son begins to pick up what it takes to be a father from you. There's a way a daughter begins to think of how to be a mother from the mother. So, and then it's replicated. And then after a while, we call it generational curses. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble. Somebody say stumble. Uh -huh. Because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and then the sheep will stumble. The family will stumble. The nation will stumble. The children will stumble. I will strike. It's, it's, it's the law of life that when the enemy wants to attack, he goes for the shepherd. He goes for the leader. He goes for the man. That's why we have more wars. Because men go to war more than women. He wants to bring down the man. But we have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. I said we have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you are married here, if there's any intercession you need to have in your life, it's praying for your man. Believe me, because some ladies, instead of criticizing or fighting or being stubborn or whatever, pray a lot for your man. Because the enemy is after the men. But we have the victory in Christ. And today I just want us to raise that awareness that the enemy likes to go for the shepherd in a bid to scatter the sheep. Not strike the sheep and then the shepherd will scatter. When he strikes the sheep, the shepherd can heal the sheep. Oh, yes. The shepherd can encourage the sheep. The leader can rebuild the sheep. That's why marriage is under all kinds of attacks, all kinds of crises. Because the, the next generation, the children, their minds are being tampered with. And you find the whole generation now that they don't even want to get married. And can you really blame them? Because what they've seen, they begin to ask, is it, is it really necessarily for me to get married? They're afraid. They don't want it. But it's beyond that. We will not stumble in Jesus' name. Okay, so men should just be aware that the enemy wants to use you to cause others to stumble. And the same way God wants to use you to build others. To build your children, to build your business or career, to build the nation. And it, it, because the, whatever decision made by a leader is binding on the lead. I mean, I'm privileged to be the founding pastor of this ministry and I'm also male. 
believe me, the decisions I make is binding on you. Do you understand that? Uh, if, if, if the decisions are quality, it affects the church. But, you know, that's even still mundane. Is, you know, you can even change churches. But, but you, how easy is it for you to change nations or change families? So when Nigeria borrows, when the leadership of a country borrows $800 million, who is borrowing money? Is it them? It's binding on you. Generations will pay for it. So when, when leaders make decisions, it affects the lead. So what we are saying is the quality of mind that is making that decision matters a lot. If that head is not correct, the family will not be correct. The nation will not be correct. So we are saying, man, you, are, you occupy a leadership role, you occupy a critical role, and the Holy Spirit would want you to trust God, to take responsibility, and make it great. Don't allow the devil use you as part of the negative statistic as much as you can. Any decision made by the leader is binding on the lead. Okay, so I... So I tried to talk, I said, it is a disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. It is a disaster. Leader, uh, le leaders need to grow. Man, I want to challenge you to not stop improving. The quality of mind that I have will affect the way I speak to my children. If it's still villagey, I will pass to them village mentality. There are some families, the discussion today is how they should not talk to this cousin. Talk to that uh, family because that's the level where the mind of the man and the woman is. And some other families, they are training the children about how to handle their finances, how to build their future. It's different. The outcomes will be different. The quality of mind matters. So if you're not growing upstairs, the family cannot grow. The nation cannot grow. It's a disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. We must keep growing. And how do you grow? Uh, Romans 12. So that he said that ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to invest in your spiritual development, which is core. And then in your mental development, you know, learning, reading, and growing. It will affect everything around you. I don't blame my own parents. I love them. And I say to people, they have done their best with what they know, you understand. But I think it would be a kind of shame if we now repeat the same thing or you even live a worse life. That should get you angry. Well, my parents didn't attend Global Impact Church. <laughs> my parents didn't read John Maxwell materials. My parents didn't have opportunity for certain things that I have. Then by the grace of God, why should my life be less? Why should it be less? Why should I train my children worse than they trained me? Why, if I know better, I should behave better? And I think it's a challenge to building a better generation. Break the curse. Break the negative cycle. Let history be made in your lineage through you by the growth and development that you experience. We, we will not be worse in the name of Jesus Christ. I say we will not be worse in the name of Jesus Christ. We will be far, far better. There are many traps um, that the enemy tries to use um, to bring down men. Uh, if you have my slides, I'll just mention them. In the second service, I'll dig into one or two or three of them. And then for the few minutes I have, 
I'll just speak to one of them. Can we have uh, those slides? Uh, for instance, one of the traps is complacency. <laughs> complacency. Guys, I would like you to be, thank you very much. The trap of complacency. This talks about people just becoming there. Man, after a major victory, it's, there's a tendency for you to just be there. Your real test is when money enters your hand, not when you are going through challenges in that sense. So don't be deceived. Your real person, money reveals the man. Do you know that? Power and money. So when you are making money and you are getting better, check your behavior. It's revealing yourself to you. The way you talk to people, the way you respond to your spouse, the way you think about life. That money is inflating what is inside. Some don't even pray anymore when they become manager. They don't even fast. But there's a lot of, I have a lot of programs every day. And when I go for those meetings, there's always a buffet and always, you know, cocktail and everything. So I don't really have the time. And it's all fasting. Complacency. But when you are in that zone, the enemy attacks. That's why I said be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the enemy. Looking, is looking for those whom he would devour. We will not be devoured in the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you, as you are rising, uh, be intense with your work with God. That's when you need to pray more. That is when you need to fast more. Intensify so you don't become ex-success. A high tower can come down in a day. Don't be deceived by, I have billions of naira. I have this... God forbid, one policy, one wrong thing can bring it down in a week or in a month. So be conversant that, ah, this high tower is built by God. He's using me. I must maintain and go further. Beware of the trap of complacency. Then we have the trap of unholy counsel. The trap of unholy counsel. I'm just running through them a bit, but I'm sure you're picking some lessons. The trap of unholy uh, counsel. What is the trap of unholy counsel? Uh, when the enemy wants to attack, okay, uh, I need two men, two men, pastor, 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 okay. So, this is Jesus, this is Peter, right? Or this is their best friend. When we say unholy counsel, when the enemy wants to get to him, he will try to use the voice, the voice he listens to more. Not the voice of somebody far. So if he's his closest friend, doesn't mean the friend is bad. But he knows that anytime he tells him something, he will follow it. So the enemy at most times will try to use that voice to get to him. That's what happened to Abraham and Sarah. It was Sarah that suggested to Abraham that let's go and sleep with our slave girl, Hagar. And because Abraham will listen to his wife, it's not, it's, it, it looks normal or Eve talking to Adam. So Jesus had his own challenge when Peter was telling Jesus that you were not going to die. And Peter was sincere, but Jesus noticed and said, get thee behind me, Satan. It wasn't Peter speaking at that time, it was Satan. So when, when you see people go through some crisis or disaster, sometimes when you trace it, somebody spoke to them to do it one way that was not from God. It could be a friend, it could be a mentor, it could be 
secondary school friend. It could be their spouse. Look at Ananias and Sapphira, how they died. Somebody must have started the conversation. Eh, this money that we have sold this house is uh, too much. Can we carry everything to the church? And then begin to say to the other ones, let's not tell them the whole thing. And the other one agreed. And they both died for it. You know? So when we receive counsel, you need discernment as a man. One wrong counsel can bring down your business. Can bring down the family. Many of the vices that people do today, somebody spoke to them. Somebody suggested it. I mean, it's as simple as cigarette. I'm not sure anybody just, maybe some learned it on YouTube, maybe. But most of the times, a friend said something to that person. That guy, puff this thing now. He said, puff what? Uh-uh, you're, you're behaving like a boy. You're a shy. You're a big boy. And that pressure, one day, to prove that he's a big boy. The same thing alcohol. Every time we go for management meeting, Martina, 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 Guinness. Boy, you're a senior manager. Can be behaving like this. Pop the champagne, man. Take one bottle. Say, no, I'm a, I'm a leader in the church. You can be that. Even that pastor, they drink now. And he keeps saying it. And one day, because of your own spiritual low self-esteem, you now feel to just give me one cup. The rest is history. Just started with a conversation. When I'm in the plane, I'm flying. <laughs> you know, they serve us this. I said, if you're in business class, they always bring cham cham champagne. We talk like this. And they said, they, they always say champagne first before the food. And I always tell the hostess, alcohol is bad for you. You have to be on the attack. If not, this world will mold you and destroy you. I look at the Hollywood in the U.S. See how they demonize people that fell to adultery or all those things. And then those are the things you show in your movies. It's pure hypocrisy. In the movies you shoot daily, you promote sexual immorality. Most of the actors are not married. They have sex with people. And you show it. You are not expecting the cameraman and the producer to be holy. It's crazy. What you show every day, now you're even adding other things to it. 95% of your high-rated movies, you show those things. You don't expect those uh, Winston guys, all of them, to be holy people. What they see daily can't work. Thank you. So when counsel comes, we need to be discerning. Especially when the Holy Spirit cautions you. Then sleep over it and pray over it. I'm not saying your spouse is evil. Peter is not evil. But at that moment, that thing coming is not of God. I've seen men, somebody just told them out of anger, resign. All this one man business. You, know, you don't know what he would do after he should just resign. What is that? I've been noticing everything. Go tomorrow, go and resign. He said, hey, yeah. Like he will give him a job tomorrow. And he should just went there. Goody, 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 goody. Resign. Then 30 days after, now I realize that the seemingly little money they are paying is very powerful. 
and then begins to apply and apply and apply. Problem now starts. We will not be destroyed by the wrong counsel. I said we will not be destroyed by the wrong counsel. Okay, I, I have others. Um, pride, we'll talk about that. The way of pride, um, the way of the spirit of mammon, um, the way of the opposite sex. Some, of us, some people don't like us talking about that, especially on Father's Day. So we won't talk about it too much, eh? And then the trap of discouragement. Let me just land on that. I think I have just like three. The, the trap of discouragement. Proverbs 13, verse 12. I think everybody will learn from this. Who was John the Baptist to Jesus Christ? How do, how do, you, how do you describe John the Baptist? Is what? The forerunner. Was John the Baptist the savior? He was to prepare the way for the savior. Right? Jesus is the real deal, right? Discouragement is the forerunner of the major attack of Satan. Most people don't know. That discouragement, it, it comes first to open the person up, and then the enemy comes with the real thing. So many of the things that people fall to, they were first discouraged, disenfranchised, which makes them vulnerable. Then the enemy now comes with the real thing. So when you understand that, anytime you notice discouragement, stand your ground on time. In fact, be so smart. Um, it's like marital crisis at times or infidelity. The enemy will first, you know, discourage the man very well about the marriage. Oh, your husband is not okay. This man is not, you know, caring enough, you know. And then you are so discouraged and you have your justifiable reasons. Then, Veronica shows up. Sorry, uh, Veronica is a, yeah. Sorry, you said Veronica. Hey, why am I using Veronica? Uh, and then the man shows up in the office. That's the real thing he's after. But you're not like ready. Because if that one was in, in a particular shape, you even notice the man like that. The same thing about money. You can be so discouraged that you start stealing. Discouragement is an attack. It's not just an emotional feeling. It's an attack. And we need to master it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Anytime you're expecting something and it doesn't happen the time you think it, will, it should come, it affects you. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Delays, detours, disappointments in people, disappointment in an institution can, can get you so discouraged that you make wrong decisions. A lady in our church, one day she cried. I remember that day. Her sisters have been telling her, okay, go and see this particular baba <laughs> for childbearing. And she said, no, God will do it. If God will not do it, you know. And she kept at it. After years, they now came one day and stood to her and said, okay, we waited for maybe six or seven years. God, in quote, has not done it. And we now go. You know that kind of like, try this one. And she cried. And she said, she now ran to God that day. Lord, this is tempting. But I, I know it's not right. I need you. She got pregnant that month. She has children now. Because when you are discouraged, you take shortcuts. 
When you are discouraged, you start compromising. Trusting God for marriage. Maybe there's a delay. And then just get to a particular point. Any man, you have decided. Any man, if, if his two legs, masculine, if he should mistakenly talk to me, we'll marry next month. You're already on that zone. Any man. Then the enemy brings his own man. How do I handle discouragement? Let's talk about that and then we'll have some bit of Q&A. Um, number one, Psalms 42 verse 5. Never be hopeless. Never be what? This hope is powerful. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall what? Are you here? Can we read it together? One, two, go. What do you do? Hope in who? That area of pain, you will still praise him. That's how scriptures energize you. Hope in God. Don't be hopeless. Don't ever get to a point where, if I don't even, as a covenant child, I am hopeless. Ah, no, you're not hopeless. You're not helpless. Hope in God, for you shall yet what? Praise him. We, our, one of our daughters did math quiz last year. She always likes to do well, like any child would like to do well. <laughs> so she came last, last year. She cried. It, it, she felt, <laughs> I mean, it was just a little mistake, you know, a little squeeze, and then that takes your time. That was last year. She was in primary five, I said, so primary six now. They did it on Friday, and then she came first. They gave her a trophy. And she's excited, and I sat her down. Have you learned it now? That you failed it last year. It's not the end of your life. You remember how you cried? How for almost a whole week we were trying to pacify you? See the difference. The things you couldn't catch yesterday, you will catch the second half of this year. Don't be hopeless. This church, there are things we couldn't buy before. When they give us the price, I wonder whether God called me. Believe me, you know, after all these years, we don't buy this thing. But some of them now, we just pay. They said, in fact, they said they've paid for it. They say, eh, we, we've paid. But there are some things they're also mentioning now that you are saying, but we will carry it one day. Don't, don't, don't be hopeless that my life is hopeless. No, you're not hopeless. Don't allow the devil to take over your mindset. Thou in God. Number two, to, the, to dealing with discouragement. Ask God questions. Ask. What did I say? If you are awake, what did I say? My life changed with that principle. When things are scattered and you are distraught, 
go to your father. I, I mean, most times when people go, they do this. They pray, Lord, change this thing. Lord, which is fine. Sometimes we blame others. Sometimes when we are with God, all we are saying is, why? why? Somebody, I was somewhere one day and I was, there, was a, there was a painful situation, very painful. And, you know, one, one, one of us there was now saying, but why us? I was now asking myself, why should it be? Should it be? You know, but that's the things we say. Almost like, why should it be us? Should it be your neighbor, Abby? Or your other person? Those are not the right questions. <laughs> Why me? What must I do to be saved? It's more powerful than save me, oh Lord, where are you? What must I what? Do. To be what? Saved. It's more intelligent than where are you, Lord? You should save me. You are the Savior. You are this. You are that. What must? It's more empowering. It's more of a blessing. Those who ask questions in scriptures, God, they are turned around faster. If you have a relationship with God, Lord, why is my business like this? What must I do for changes to take place? Then you are ready for an adventure. It will shock you how that will turn your life around. That same week, that same month, or three months, you will be inoculated with wisdom. It can come through your superior in the office. It can come through your pastor preaching. It can come through a particular book that the Holy Ghost will be preaching. You know, when, when God wants to read a book, just that the title is jumping at you. You'll be attracted to it. Then you pick up that book and read it. At the end of the journey, you shall yet praise him. You will praise him because your life will change. Rather than blaming parents, blaming uncles, blaming, avoid the blame game. My pastor said something that took me one time. He said, if you are pointing at fingers at people, look at it. How many are you pointing at them? How many to God? How many to yourself? Three. He said, you are responsible for, you are 75% responsible for the state of your life. It's a very hard truth. You, your decisions are inside, or indecisions are inside. So the moment you understand that, then you are willing to make certain changes. This three is to yourself. Yes, maybe God failed. Mm. Maybe that person did some things. Yes. But this three, and if you pass 75, have you not passed? If this three were okay, you won't be there. That's why you ask him. He will not be explaining to you a lot of this three. That I used to don't be talking like that. But you two next time, eh? When you do things, you know, and, and then as you learn those things, you'll be better. I've learned a lot of lessons. Life is a product of personal, non-transferable responsibility. In fact, if you understand this principle, one of the questions you ask God is, oh Lord, why is this happening? Where have I missed it? Where have you missed it? Does it mean you are a failure? Where have I missed it? 
missed it. Help me to, you know. And then it might be something small. Something small. Oh, like the battery head of a car can ground a Mercedes Benz, isn't it? The, the tires are fine. The engine is fine. Everything is fine. But the battery head is off. You can't move. Stop blaming the everybody. Calm down. Where have I missed it? I said, oh, it's just this battery head. And then you fix it, and then you move. But some people will not check the car. Oh, see life. Oh, everything is bad. They don't like me. The witches are after my vehicle. Enemies don't like my vehicle. But the car won't move. Praise the Lord. Uh, whether you like the message or not, put your hands together. A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness.